So right now, it's my pleasure to welcome to the programme author, Captain Alan Lloyd. Find out about his brand new book, All at Sea. Good morning, Alan. How are you? Good morning. I'm very well, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, awesome. So uh, welcome to the programme. It's always lovely to talk about brand new books. I mean, I, I tell you what, the slug on the, on the PR stuff for this is brilliant. It's like how he ran away to sea, worked for Swire, met Queen Elizabeth II, raised a Boeing, and, and the list goes on, Alan. So I, I can see why you wanted to put it all in a book. Um, yeah, actually, it, it never really crossed my mind until somebody introduced me to Gillian and Werner Bickley from Proverse yeah. at a reception and said, you should get him to write a book. <laughs> um, I thought you were just about to say it never really happened. I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> no, no, it definitely <laughs> happened. <laughs> um, but they they eventually said, why didn't I write a chapter? And they'd have a look at it. And, and I didn't have much else to do during COVID. So... I tried a chapter and they liked it and told me to keep writing. It's been a very interesting year. I think if we're lucky, mm. we've all learned a new skill. And boy, oh boy, you certainly have. What were the... <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Was there, was there lots of stuff like in the movies when they rip it out of the typewriter and scrunch up the paper and chuck it away? Similar. No, I... I um, fortunately, I've, I've got pretty good records. Uh, every seafarer has a discharge book which records the dates they join and leave every ship and things like that. So yeah. um, I just had that beside me to remind me of dates and, and kept pecking away with both fingers. And seafarers are very organised, I think. You're talking about logbooks for pretty much um, mm. everything. Mm. Can, can, can we just share with our listeners a bit of your sort of early career? I mean, captain, of course, but tell us what kind of things you were doing. Um, I did six years in the UK, but um, I really like the Far East. So yeah. in 1976, I joined uh, my first swire ship, China Navigation Company. Yeah. Um, came back to the Far East, and, and I've been here ever since. But, <laughs> I uh, think everybody's like that, aren't they? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Initially, I was working on general cargo ships. This was in the days before containers. Sure. Um, so everything was loaded individually, parcel by parcel, and uh, we got a lot of time in port. We would typically have a week in Hong Kong um, loading up for, for the Pacific Islands, and we felt cheated if we didn't get a night in, in every port. So so we got <laughs> to see places, and we got to meet people, which mm. was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so everything that's super high-tech now, when we go past the container ports and stuff, I guess mm -hmm. you, you guys were doing it, it wasn't quite so high-tech, and it must have been massively labour-intensive. It was. We we would be surrounded on a buoy in Hong Kong, surrounded by derrick barges and hundreds of stevedores physically moving cargo uh, and, and stowing it in the ship mm. or taking it out um, at the other end. Alan's book is called All at Sea. That's a brilliant title. Yes. It just does what it says on the tin. Where do we start? I mean, I'm sure you took advice from Gillian and Werner, but what did you decide on for Here I Am, page one? Um, the day I decided to go to sea. Um, there you go, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and how I got there. <laughs> um, because I, I came from a small village. Right. And in those days, um, we didn't travel. I, I'd been to London twice, I think, in, in my life. Mm -hmm. um, I'd never eaten pasta or, or <laughs> curry. I, I, um, we didn't have those things. So uh, 
it, going to London to be interviewed and then getting a job and going away to sea was, was quite an adventure, really. I think you've probably got a lot of people sort of looking back now to the 1970s. You mentioned curry and pasta, second mm. nature now. But that was in the 1970s. I mean, if you've watched things like... Um, um, life on Mars or whatever. He, Gene Hunt's talking about this newfangled stuff. Uh, it just didn't happen before, did it? So a different, different, complete way of life, I suppose. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no computers, no, no <laughs> calculators. Even we, we did things on a slide rule. Yeah. Um, she, uh, so it's in the notes I got about you. It says ran right. away to sea, and that's a that's a brilliant thing. Yep. To, I'm, I'm assuming it's pretty much true in your case. Well, I, I didn't like school very much, and and. I discovered that I could get to sea as a cadet yeah. um, just with O-levels. So um, I was desperate to pass enough O-levels to, to get away, which, which I did, fortunately. So when I was 16, I, I joined up. I suppose the obvious question is, would you do it all over again? Oh, yes, yes. Um, I, I, I've been lucky. I've, people have paid me for having all this fun, <laughs> and, and uh, it, it, it's been brilliant. Brilliant. Well, um, share a couple of the little stories with us, because we want people to read the book. But the, the ones that Gillian told me about, I mean, what about the, the jumbo? Um, that was 1993, when, when a, a Boeing 747 went off the end of Kai Tak oh, runway, China Airlines, uh, um, yeah. on, on the end, end of a typhoon. Yeah. Um, and no one had ever recovered a, a jumbo jet from, from the water and got it back onto the land before. So there was there was really no textbook. Um, we we had to make it up as we went along. Mm. Um, well, that so, was a, that was a massive team job. I tell you why because my mate Les mm. Bird, who wrote the book A Small Band of Men, he has yep. photographs from the little police boats, obviously on the same site doing a different job. So you know, many many guys helping that thing out. Oh, it was um, so many different departments, um, and. Uh, we, we even had Hong Kong Aircraft Engineering Company as our technical advisors because they knew about planes, but they didn't know anything about the water. Yeah. Um, the Civil Aviation Department, Marine Department, because yeah. to get the plane back, we had to move it into Kuntong Typhoon Shelter and get it up to the taxiway bridge. Yeah. Um, that meant lifting mooring buoys and, and, and clearing a path so that we could bring the crane through. That was your specific job, was it, the sort of crane marine crane things um yeah we, we we our job was to get it to keep it afloat um which we did um to get all the excess weight out we, we had to strip it of things like the food containers because if they'd sure. gone off it would have been pretty horrible mm -hmm. um we had to ask customs and excise to come in and remove all the duty frees um <laughs> Well, we, you know, otherwise it would have been a massive temptation to anyone who stepped on board the aircraft. Um, we, we had to take out the seats and the electronics and, and um, all the luggage, which was a horrible job because it was all waterlogged. Um, the one thing we couldn't take out was a Mercedes car, which was in the forward cargo hold. But we managed to keep that hold dry and we, we saved the, the Mercedes as well. How long did this operation um, take in in total three weeks almost um we 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 kept it afloat we we patched it up and um we had to design a lifting system mm. um because no one had ever done it before and um we calculated that if we could get it up to the taxiway bridge we could get it over the parapet and we would have six inches clearance um 
so that's how fine the margins were. We couldn't land it anywhere else because the airport runway had sloping seawalls. We, mm. we just couldn't get close enough. Um, so it was a fascinating job and uh, ultimately successful. Um, and this is just one episode. I mean, the other one that she told me yeah. about was meeting the Queen. Should we wait for the book or do you want to give us a clue? Well, I'll give you a clue. Go on, <laughs> Go on then. <laughs> um, the government of Tuvalu, uh, which used to be called the Ellis Islands, um, they approached Swire and, and said, we've got a maritime school that, that's ceased operating and we need somebody to come down. We need a captain to come down and set the thing up again, mm. get it going. Yeah. Um, and he has to be an Australian because um, it's funded by the Australian government. Mm. Um, and Swire at the time didn't have a convenient Australian, <laughs> so they said, well, we can send you this character Alan Lloyd. And the Australian government said, OK. Um, so we set off uh, for Tuvalu. It, it took us a week to get there in those days. Mm. Um, and on the way out in the boat to the maritime school, which was on its own island, um, nothing else on the island except the maritime school, mm. um, the guy that was taking me out there said, by the way, uh, the Queen and Prince Philip will be here in three weeks on a royal visit and you'll be showing them around for an afternoon. <laughs> so make sure it looks as though the school is uh, is fully operational. Yeah. Which we all knew it wasn't. Well, smoke and mirrors, um, huh? Sorry? Smoke and mirrors were needed. Yes. Well, you the, that was the worry because the Duke of Edinburgh was a professional mariner. He would have seen through anything like that. Indeed. So... We managed to scrape together enough training material and set up displays and make it look like a working maritime school. Yeah. And then we had the, the honour of, of showing around uh, the Queen and Prince Philip. Did you get many photos? Uh, I haven't... Um... Yes, and there are, there are some in the book. Although, I have to say, the Queen probably thinks I'm somebody's village idiot because twice she obviously recognised me as one of her loyal subjects. Yeah. And twice as we walked around... She said, and where are you from? <laughs> um, and, and twice I said, I'm from Swire in Hong Kong. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> she I obviously wrote me off as a, as a complete moron. I don't blame you in the slightest, you know. It's a bit of a high-pressure gig, really, isn't it? Yes, indeed. Ah, fantastic. Let's talk a little bit more about actually the writing the thing, Alan. It seems like you really took mm. it in your stride. You had the passion and drive to do this thing. It wasn't just an idle chit-chat over a beer. Um, just tell us how you did it, how you, your process, if you like. Um, well, as I say, I, I had first collected the records. Right. Um, and, and then I, I tried to sit at the computer for three or four hours every day. Oh, um, I see. And and it's surprising how quickly it, it builds up, really. It's um, always interesting asking authors how they actually, you know, do it, mm -hmm. because some people will do what, just what you did. I'm, I'm going to sit here for three hours every day. And some people, they just mm -hmm. wing it. I think, you know, obviously different things work for different people. Um, when did you realise yeah. that, hey, I'm on a roll here, I have a book? I, I don't think I, I realised it until... Until I saw the proofs, <laughs> and uh, it, it, I saw it all together with the photographs and everything else. Mm. Up until then, it was almost like a prank, um, almost like a, um, just something I was doing for fun. It must be a weirdly brilliant feeling. I mean, what do you think you've learned? Here, I have a book. I wrote it. It came out last week, yes? Yes. I mean, um, it, it, where's, where's that taking you? Do you know what I mean? What, what do you think you've learned? Um... 
I've I've learned that I I have the discipline to do it. Right. Um, I'm, I've probably learned that I may not have another book in me. <laughs> well, that um, sounds like a heck of a book already. I must say. Um, yeah, it's but it, but it's real, and and I, I what would I do next? I'm not sure I could write fiction because I. Uh, your, the book isn't isn't great literature. It's it's a story, and, and uh, I I could write it because it happened to me. Yeah. Um, I doubt that I have the imagination to to make one up. And also, you said that you got stuck into this during COVID, etc., because you didn't have much choice, and uh, I'm sure it kept you very busy. But now, you know, when you didn't have that writing to do every day, were you just twiddling your thumbs, or mm. did it make you more active in another way? No, it's um, it really it feels a bit a bit lonely. I'm thinking, <laughs> what do I do next? Um, yeah. Although I I still have somewhere, and tomorrow I'll be on a rundown old fishing raft. Uh, up in the new territories, giving it its annual safety inspection. Well, um, so I still have real work to do, but it's a bit of a come down from from being an author. I'm sure you'll come up with something. Best of luck, Alan. It's absolutely brilliant. So I believe, like last Thursday, it came out. Proverse. It's published by them, um, and always a good idea to support local authors. Best of luck with your next book, Alan. Sure thank, you. thank you very much. <laughs> Are you sure, there's going to be one. Bye bye for now. That's Captain Alan Lloyd.